0: High, I've been high for the better part of the last week, and the results came in from the election on November eighth. I was high before that, actually. I'm not talking about a drug high, of course. I'm talking about the fact that for months I was relaxed and relieved that we were not going to be sunk by the Republican Trump Party and how did I know that? (laughs) Because on June 24th, this past summer, the Supreme Court decided to throw the election to us. They decided to throw it to the Democrats and what remnants would be left for the Republicans would be in such disarray because they were completely clueless to the fact that 51% of the population of the voters of this country are what we call women. And on June 24th, the Supreme Court decided to issue an edict, a religious edict, declaring essentially that a fertilized egg is a human being, that Roe v. Wade, which had been essentially the law of the land for almost 50 years, was over. And that now the Supreme Court, the federal government, the state governments would decide what women could do with their bodies and would control their internal organs specifically their reproductive organs. You know, I don't know about you, but I don't think you can just just tell an entire gender that you are no longer in charge of your body. We are on such a sad, sad day when that happened. When I went to bed that night, I thought, well, there is a silver lining to this dark cloud and that silver lining is, there will be no red wave.
1: I've been high, I've climbed so high, but long sometimes it dashes over me, she's over me.
0: I, I probably should point out that I'm Michael Moore, and you're listening to Rumble with Michael Moore, and yes, this is my podcast, and my uh, extreme apologies to all of you faithful Rumble podcast listeners here, because the last time I spoke to you via podcast was, I think, four weeks ago today. I was in the final throes of having COVID, and I, it was my first time I got through Almost three years here without contracting COVID. And then this new variant, which seems to have hit all of us who had been doing such a good job of hiding, uh, we were found out and uh, we were given COVID. <laughs> and, but fortunately, it's a, a very weak strain, this variant BA4 and BA5. And so I, I didn't get hit hard by it. It was a pretty mild case. But then the recovery from it, the slow kind of recovery. And when I say recovery, I don't mean I was very fortunate. I did not lose my sense of taste or smell. My former bookkeeper here lost all her hair, none of that. Um, But the persistent cough, the fog, the exhaustion, all of that took till right about now uh, to finally end. Knock on wood, I hope it's over. But during that time, and the last days of September, I decided to write a blog, an essay in my Substack that would go out to my 600 and some thousand Substack subscribers, virtually all of them free, of course. And some are paid subscribers. And they do that just to be supportive of me and the staff here. Thank you for all of that. But my podcasts and my Substacks are all free to everyone. There's no paywall. But I've not spoken to you since then because I just... I really didn't have the voice or the energy, but I could write. And so from bed, uh, mostly each day, I wrote what I called Mike's Midterm Tsunami of Truth. And I was going to try to do one every day, and I pretty much accomplished that. I I did 40 of them before the election about all the reasons why we were going to win, why we were going to stop the red wave, why it was not going to be the disaster that they were all predicting. None of that. I didn't believe any of it. And it started really on June 24th when the Supreme Court decided to humiliate and debase an entire gender by taking away their human rights. I want to speak to you about where we're at, what's happened here with the election, and to assure you that we are now back on track with my podcast. And you will hear from me each week, give or take. I love this podcast. I love speaking to this. I love hearing from you. Remember, you can always write to me and you can also leave me a voicemail. Uh, and the link is always at the, on the podcast page here is always at the bottom where you could just click the link and I will hear it. I listen to every one of them. And if you send me a, an email at mike at com, I read every single one of my letters. I need three clones to read the letters from this week because it's been in the thousands. And I mean, I'm lowballing the number because it's, uh, it's, it's been an incredible experience hearing from all of you. So before we move on, let me thank uh, today's underwriters. We have a bunch of them. They've they've stuck with me during my COVID experience here, but they've sort of uh, backed up over LaGuardia here. So we're going to land a couple of them here at the top. And then later, as we get closer to the end, uh, we're going to thank a couple of others who helped support this podcast. They support my voice and, and I hope you can support them too. First up, I'd like to thank a longtime supporter of Rumble with Michael Moore, and that's Stamps.com. For anyone with any shipping needs this holiday season, Stamps.com can make your life a whole lot easier. It's basically like having a 24-7 post office at your fingertips that you can access from anywhere. No lines, no traffic, It handles both USPS and UPS services, and they're accessible right from your computer with discounts up to 86%. You can even schedule packages for pickup right through your dashboard. So, get ahead of the holiday chaos this year, my friends. Get started with Stamps.com today. Sign up with the promo code MORE, that's my last name, M-O-O-R-E, for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments, no contracts are needed. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter the code MORE, M-O-O-R-E. I'd also like to thank another longtime underwriter of Rumble with Michael Moore, and that's Moink. Moink is moo plus oink, Moink. Now, I know that a lot of Rumble listeners don't eat meat, but for those of you that do, Moink is a meat subscription service that delivers grass-fed beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon, fresh from small, independent family farms, straight to your dining table. You can choose the meat that is delivered in every box. It's up to you. Whatever you like, whatever your family likes, and you can cancel at any time. So let's keep American Family Farming going by signing up at moinkbox.com rumble. If you do it right now, listeners of this show get a free filet mignon in every order for a year. One year of the best filet mignon you'll ever taste, but it's only for a limited time. So go to moink, that's spelled M o-i-n-k moink moinkbox.com slash rumble that's moinkbox.com slash rumble thank you moink for supporting this podcast and supporting my voice i know so many of you most of you all of you have got to be feeling really good right now we wanted to create a blue tsunami which if you know what that means a tsunami wave is like a wall of water, essentially. It could be 50 feet, 100 feet high. And, you know, in a tsunami, in that wave, nobody can get through it. If you're in front of it, you won't survive it. It doesn't kill everything when it hits land, hits shore. Most people survive it, in fact. But the wall that I was referring to, this blue wall of those of us, how, whatever you call yourself, liberal, lefty, progressive, Democrat, independent, Montessori parent. It's all the people who believe in a world where kindness and love and equality should rule, not the mean-spirited, aggressive, hateful, bigoted, misogynistic attitudes that are cruel and harmful and don't create a better world. And I believed that we all would create this blue wall on election day. That we would not let them just friggin' take over. And that's what happened. And it it happened on so many levels. I mean, we get new news every day about more victories. And my friends, listen, yeah, the Republicans may have, quote, won the House. But we were told for a year that the Republicans were going to claim up to 60 seats, 60 new seats, that we were going to be slaughtered. We were told that this is the way, you know, it always happens. And and it didn't. Why do, are we full of this despair on our side of the, the political fence here? How many people listening to this assumed that we were going to lose the House of the Senate, that we were going to lose a whole bunch of governorships and state legislatures, Do you know that this is the first, first election since 1934, first off off-year midterm election since 1934, where not a single legislative house, I'm talking about the 50 states, was lost by the party in power. I'm talking about the 50 states where the Democrats did not lose a single legislature, in last week's midterm election unheard of we've already won we've beaten them they know it they're in disarray they're fighting each other now they've started their own civil war yet it's so hard for me to you know and i say to myself they'll listen to me here they'll they'll have some faith they'll get out of their despair They'll say to themselves, Yes, we're going to win. We're going to win this election. We're going to win this seat. We're not only going to save the Senate, we're going to pick up a seat or two. I kept saying this all through the summer and fall, and people were like, Mike, we love you. And it's, you know, yes, but Mike, come on, pick up a Senate seat? That doesn't happen. We picked up a seat with John Fetterman in Pennsylvania. And we're going to win this runoff on December 6th in Georgia. Oh, Mike, don't say that. We don't know. Really? Yeah, we don't know. You're right. We don't know. But how much more proof do you need? How many more victories? How many more Cary Lakes from Arizona? <laughs> do you, the loser nutcase that was running for governor, election denier, everybody predicted that she was going to win. And all the pundits and everybody putting down the Democrat, Katie Hobbs. Oh, she's not campaigning. She's hiding in her basement. She's this and that. That's all we heard in the weeks leading up to the election. Carrie Lake would be the new governor. In fact, it was so sure that she was going to win. Do you remember? The, the, they were talking about, and I think Trump was floating this idea, that she would be his running mate. In 2024, Carrie Lake for vice president. Wow. Nobody would come out and say, she's not going to win. And she didn't. So I know, I get it. It's hard to believe in ourselves. I mean, and, you know, I wrote a lot of this down, but I I wanted to say some of this out loud in my own voice so you could hear me how passionate I remain about the fact that we are the majority of this country and we better start believing it. So yes, it is hard to believe in ourselves, especially if you've spent the past few months feeling politically hopeless, the end is near, trying not to believe the predictions that the pundits were shoving down our throats, that we were all going to drown in this election in a Trumpian red wave all the election deniers they were running, all the right-wing nutters were all going to take office and the Democrats and Biden would all be smashed. And so because of that non-stop drumbeat millions of you, good people, all you lefties and Democrats and people who love tofu and kale and All the tree huggers, everybody, all of us out there, millions sank into their own despair, knowing in their heart of hearts that we were doomed. So add in now to the mix, right? This is what we were told for the last few months, that between Biden's low approval ratings, the record high inflation, and the media telling us over and over how the first midterm election of a new president is usually a slaughter. I mean, Obama lost 63 House seats in his first midterm. Listening to that day after day after day, a lot, many, most liberal voters simply gave in to the inevitable, not gave up but gave in in their minds that we're just going to try to hold on and do our best, but we are in for a bloodbath. So I decided I couldn't listen to this any longer. And the end of September, I stepped in to help turn this around every day for six weeks. I wrote to you, my Substack subscribers and to you, my podcast listeners, And all my social media followers, I sent you a daily email to give you hard data and facts, plus my own Midwestern common sense as to why there would be no Republican landslide and that Trump would never rule America again. And all I asked from you was that you get five other people to vote with you. That's it. Just you and five others. If we all do that, they're doomed. I also ask that you please start believing in yourself, to believe in us collectively, us. And and to believe in this wonderful, crazy country of ours where there are millions more of us than there are of them. Them, the haters, the democracy destroyers. Yes, we are a country that is still unfinished. And so my insistence to all of you, to all of us, is that we do just that. Finish it. Finish building this country. Finish building the democracy so it's a true democracy. Make it right. And guarantee that everyone has a seat at the table and a slice of the pie. Is that too much to ask? Well, I will say many of you wrote me with much gratitude, telling me of the hard work that you were all doing to get out the vote. It lifted my spirits and it was much appreciated as because I come down with COVID on the fourth day of writing these midterm tsunamis of truth emails to you. Just four days into it, I'm like, oh, And I have to say that of these 40 essays I sent you, at least half of them were written while lying in bed and trying to remember my middle name. And then came our incredible, wonderful, unexpected success last Tuesday. Uh, But unexpected only by those who promoted the false narrative that there was going to be a Republican landslide. But, sadly... Also, it was unexpected by those who bought into that false narrative. Namely, all my depressed Democratic friends. And you. Some of you. I understood. Many of you wrote me this past week to apologize for not believing me because I saw a blue tsunami wall that would protect us. That's what I thought the election would be. Well, let me, let me say this first of all, no apologies are necessary. I mean, again, I could have been wrong. I'm not, you know, I stood on the Oscar stage, accepting my Oscar back in 2003 on the fourth night of the Iraq war. And, you know, I just said that we were being lied to by Bush and there weren't going to be any weapons of mass destruction. And (laughs) I was booed off the stage, but you know, what did I know? I'm not a weapons inspector. You know, it's just, I read, I think. I've paid attention to the world, to politics, since I was a kid. I don't know. And I just tell you what I think. And hopefully we're all critical thinkers, and even when I say something, you should examine what I'm saying and be critical. And and if you take the position, no, there's no way. There's going to be a red wave, Mike. And I go, well, okay, you might be right. All I'm asking is just every now and then, try to give me the benefit of the doubt if you can. That's really all any of us would ask of any of our friends or family or or whatever. Even if some of them quietly are saying to themselves, yeah, I remember the last time I gave you the benefit of the doubt. Look, I know what it's like. I live in this world, so I know what it's like to be swamped. When the Times, New York Times, the Washington Post, NPR, Wall Street Journal, and 100 pundits are throwing this crap at you that we are going to lose over and over and over again. And then without thinking, it's just amazing how people just start repeating what they're saying. It first starts with, well, I heard David Brooks say on the PBS News Hour. And then a week or two later, it's just, they just repeat what he said. They don't even credit him. He's just David Brooks. Smart guy. Oh, he's got a column in the New York Times. Then you start repeating what 538 is saying. 538, well, there, 538. All the people who predicted that Hillary was going to win. Do you remember the front page of the New York Times on election day in 2016? That morning of election day, the New York Times said there was an 85% chance that Hillary was going to win the election today. <laughs> and Trump had only a 15% chance. Yes, it's the sirens of the the men in the white coats and the nets coming to take David Brooks and 538 away. But then your smart friends start saying the same thing. Oh, there's going to be a red wave. Oh, we're going to lose. And then, for whatever reason, you hand your critical thinking mind over to them without even thinking about it, and you just start saying the same thing. You start believing it, and then you get depressed because it's not the country we want to live in. But yet, so many people never think to ask themselves, why am I not hearing the opposing side of this narrative? I mean, isn't there a single person who believes that the Democrats are going to resist history here? Make history? That it's possible the polling is wrong? In fact, the polling is wrong. How come nobody just says that? Biden, approval ratings. Approval ratings are such an old concept. They're such an old... It's like, why don't you say, vaudeville, I love going to vaudeville. You know... That ended. Things end. Approval ratings, they're irrelevant and often wrong. We live in a very new America. This is the 21st century. We're already 20% of the way through it. The babies born today are going to see the 22nd century. There's a younger generation now, That is on fire. And women, women have had it up to here. We live right now heading into 2023 where the calendar is screaming at us that we are just 20 years away from the United States, no longer being a white country. That's right, folks. Look it up all the demographics, all the scientists, all the people who study this. A couple years ago, it was 2050, then it went to 2048, then 2045. And What that means is, is that the majority of the country will no longer be white. White people, beginning around 2042, are going to be the minority. People of color will be the majority. Now, you know those knucklehead white supremacists? They already know that. Why do you think they're so upset? Why do you think the January 6th insurrection, what do you think that was really about? We shall not be replaced. Replaced by who? In the first march there when we heard that in Charlottesville, the Jews will not replace us. The Jews are going to replace us. Oh my God, what madness. What poor, the Jewish people of this country and the world. You know, have they not been through enough where they now have to listen to white guys in khaki pants carrying tiki torches that they got from, what's that store that that sells? Oh, yeah, yeah, Pier One, right, Pier One. Pier One, go get your tiki torches. These white supremacists, I mean, seriously, think about this. If Herschel Walker is now their only hope, Herschel Walker is their great white hope in Georgia, they've got to be feeling awful. They're white supremacists. They've got to get out and vote on December 6th to get Herschel Walker. They've got to go to a vote in Georgia and go into a booth and vote between two black men. Believe me, they never thought they'd grow up to live in an America where they would ever have to do that. They're going to look down at that ballot and they're going to go, Oh my God, how did we get here? What would my great, great Confederate grandpappy say about this? (laughs) Guys. (sighs) So yes. I have been howling all these facts out, putting them all out there for a number of months now. And yet, I could not find a single commentator on mainstream network, big TV, or big journalism that would break from the herd and agree with me that the whole stinking media has it all wrong and the Democrats are going to do better than fine, and that the Republicans are about to have their ass handed to them. During the six weeks leading up to the election, no newspaper, no magazine, no TV network, no armed forces wire services sought either to report on my facts and data about the fact that there would be no red wave coming, They wouldn't even do their own reporting to tell the public that this is a fantasy narrative that's been concocted to depress the Democratic vote, to get everybody to believe that the Republicans were going to rule everything. And you know, it's not, look, it's not like I'm never on TV. I'm on, you know, you've seen me over the years. I'm I'm always being asked to come on to join the discussion but not during the midterms. Not during these midterms. They didn't even want to consider what I was saying. Crickets. Other than Bill Maher, who had me on first, and he didn't agree with my analysis. I mean, he thought we actually were going to go straight down in the toilet on this election. But he thought that I should be heard. Other than him and Salon, this wonderful early piece, and The Guardian, the Guardian newspaper from London. Only they would let me put forth the possibility that the red wave was in fact a red herring. I mean, you know, I start to think, why why won't anybody... Cover this or let me talk or have me on. I mean, is it the ball cap? My supercuts haircut? Is it because I loaned my wardrobe to John Fetterman? And now it's the Fetterman look, not the Michael Moore look? Okay, no, no. I was happy to do it. But in the final days though, right before the election, the very final days, the weekend just before the election on the, on the 8th, three decent, brave, non primetime souls on MSNBC, including the weekend pro there, Alex Witt, the rapper-slash-lawyer Ari Melber, and the indefatigable Joy Reid. They all gave me a voice. And viewers... We're shocked to hear someone say that we on the left were not only going to keep the Senate, we're going to pick up a seat or two, that not only were the Republicans not going to clobber us in the House with picking up 30 to 50 new seats, they might be in for an upset because it's going to be so dang close. And Trump's mob of election-denying candidates, I said they were going to go down in flames. And every last one of them in the battleground states did. They were not elected. I also said that there would be record numbers of young voters, there were, and that women were on a rampage over the abolishment of Roe and that the sword of vengeance in this election would be theirs. I know you're not supposed to go on TV and say stuff like that, but I believed it in my heart of hearts. And those that belief was based on the facts and the data and history and my experience of living as a citizen in this country. So of all those things I just said, the record turnouts uh, by young people, Women on a mission, Uh, the election deniers losing, us uh, on the way to adding another seat now. So we, we take Pennsylvania away from the Republicans and we have Georgia coming up. But of all of those wonderful victories attained a week ago here, last Tuesday, my favorite though was this, that in nearly every state, women voters outnumbered the men. And young voters delivered another record turnout, the second highest in nearly three decades. Women and youth, and of course, people of color, made the Democrats the real winners. When I came out of the voting booth a week ago, Tuesday, here, an elderly woman spotted me and came up to me. And she was, let's just say, laser focused, looking straight into me. I would say that the color of her eyes was steel. Women, she said to me, we are ruthless. And when we are ruthless, men who cause harm to us, to our children, never see us coming. And then, it's too late. What this court did, this Supreme Court, now you will see what I mean by ruthless. Whew! I mean... I'm standing there, chills. Chills because she meant it. The other emotion I had, thrilled. Thrilled because I believed her. In most states, women voters on Tuesday vastly outnumbered the men. In some of the states, it was like 55% women, 45% men. So I say to the guys, guys, what'd you think was going to happen after women were once again, back in June, once again, by the Supreme Court, reminded that they could just go fuck themselves because we're going to run the show. Women are going to do what they're told to do. And the Supreme priests in their black robes, they're going to decide what women can do with their bodies. What did you think was gonna happen? I wanna know why none of these journalists, these the pundits, the pollsters, any of them, understood that it was game over the day the Supreme Court made that decision. And, and, and men, if you're afraid of 2042, when it comes to the issue of race, we the white minority after that, well, try to get your male lughead ready to wrap itself around this fact sometime in this next decade or so women are going to make up half of Congress oh and good luck finding a male doctor or a male lawyer under 45 because right now even today the majority of all medical school students and all law school students are women there is a rapid change afoot And you should learn to like it and support it. Why be on the other end of this? Oh, we're also going to have a woman in the White House. And again, I'm not a predictor here, but I'm just going to kind of give you just a gut feeling here. When that woman's in the White House, assuming we're not going to elect Margaret Thatcher, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Carrie Lake, I want to tell you about our first female president, she's not going to invade Iraq. She's not going to impose cruelty and suffering on the poor, the immigrants, or the single mothers. We're going to have a president who will embrace the oppressed and welcome all who do the shit work that none of us would ever do. And from them, she will find America's next New leaders and geniuses. So I need to close here on this pie. I have so much more to say, and you'll hear from me uh, here soon. It, it will not take as long. I'm I got through this without coughing, so I think I'm I'm good to go here post COVID. Um, but I want to close by asking all of you a favor. And before we do that, I just want to thank. Uh, two other underwriters that have uh, stuck with me here. I want to give a big thank you to Calm. Calm is the number one mental wellness app that gives you the tools to help you improve the way you feel. If you go to calm.com at com slash rumble, you'll get a special offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription. They have guided meditations to help reduce stress and anxiety, curated playlists to help improve focus, or if you have trouble sleeping, Calm has imaginative sleep stories for both adults and children to help you rest and recharge. There's even new daily movement sessions, which are especially helpful if you're stuck working in an office chair all day. They're designed to relax your body and uplift your mind. Over 100 million people around the world now use Calm, and new content is added to it every single week. So again, For the listeners of Rumble, Calm is offering an exclusive offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription. So go to calm.com slash rumble. That's C-A-L-M dot com slash rumble for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. Calm.com slash rumble.
1: Many thanks
0: to all of you there at Calm for being supportive of this podcast. And then finally today, a huge thank you to Trade Coffee. If you love drinking coffee every morning, Trade Coffee is a coffee subscription service that makes it super easy to get the best coffee delivered fresh from the finest local roasters around the country right to your doorstep. They'll send you ground coffee or whole beans to fit however you already make your coffee at home. No fancy equipment is required. This month, in our drip pot here at the Rumble offices, we're drinking Alma Coffee, a roaster out of Atlanta, Georgia. They call it their Passion Roast, and it has hints of chocolate and citrus. Next month, we decided we're going to try a roaster right in our own backyard, so to speak. A blend from Irving Farm New York Coffee that was started right here in Manhattan. Where I'm talking to you from today, and it's called Highline, and it has lemon, hibiscus, and wild honey. But no matter what your coffee taste is, Trade Coffee guarantees that you'll love your first bag or they'll send you a new one for free. So, upgrade your coffee today with Trade Coffee and let them take the guesswork out of finding your perfect cup. So, please go to Drink Trade, that's Drink Trade, all one word dot com slash rumble for thirty dollars off your subscription to the best coffees in the country. Drinktrade.com slash rumble. So here's the favor that I want to ask all of you. Finally, please stop always thinking the worst. Stop thinking we're a bunch of losers, that we're going to lose, that they're better, they're stronger, they're awful. Stop believing that the forces of evil will triumph because you see that's a belief too. That's a belief in evil. Belief doesn't necessarily mean you support it. You know, if you believe it's it's going to thunder and rain this afternoon, you may not like that, but if you believe if you believe that the evil that exists is going to win out over and over again even because you have proof that they often do win out over and over again, how will we ever get to the point of believing in the opposite and living that way and willing it to happen if we have to? Can you just say, I believe we're going to win? What is it so hard about that? If you played sports, would you ever enter a, a, a game, a soccer game, a football game, a, a baseball game, a swimming meet by saying that you think you're going to lose? Oh, I'm going to lose. We're going to lose. Our team's going to lose. You know, even if your team is the Detroit Lions, oh, we're going to lose. Yes, of course we're going to lose until a week or so ago we beat the Green Bay Packers. I mean, you know, it's not written that any of us are going to lose. How about trying the opposite? How about you just try it on? I believe we're going to win the house. Just say that right now. I know you're listening to this on Thursday on And we've lost the house. But I'm telling you, my friends, our next victory, our next victory starts right there. And it's inside of you. It's not with the pollsters and the pundits and the politicians. You have got to reach down and say, God damn it. This is ours. This is our country. And we're going to win. We need to buck up. Everybody, buck up. From now on, you know, it's the one thing I admire about the other side. They believe so deeply in everything they believe in, no matter how crazy it is. Their belief system is they believe, I believe. It doesn't matter that, yes, to logical people, that doesn't make any sense. They believe the earth was made in just six days. They believe the earth is only 6,000 years old. Adam and Eve were around with the dinosaurs. They believe Jesus walked on water. There's no First of all, there's no need for him to walk on water because he was a perfectly good swimmer. They believe Trump is a prophet that's been sent to us from God to get rid of the IRS. You want to know why they win so much? you know in addition to gerrymandering voter suppression and just having two or three networks now that do nothing but tell lies it's because they believe they're on a mission from god god is sending them to the polls god wow that's a powerful powerful hold on people that's why you see their motivation why they're they're relentless they're doing this for God. What do we have? Noam Chomsky? I mean, I'm sorry, I love Noam Chomsky, but I mean, that's not a fair fight. God versus Noam Chomsky. So I just want you to take a moment here and I just want you to say these 10 words out loud, please. And if you could somehow then internalize it and hold on to it. And whenever you start to feel the sense of fear or doubt, just repeat these 10 words. There are more of us than there are of them. That's a fact, my friends. There are millions more registered Democrats than Republicans in this country. The Democratic candidate for president won the popular vote in seven of the last eight presidential elections going back over 30 years. The American people wanted the Democrat. You already know this. The American people believe that the climate crisis is real. They believe we need stronger gun control laws. They believe the minimum wage should not be $7.25 an hour. Go down the whole damn list. The American people are with us. They take the liberal lefty position. Once you know that, once you know that you're in the majority and you operate from that position, the point is we've already won. They've lost because we've brought the Republicans trembling to their knees and they cannot for the life of them believe that God has let them down, that this has happened to them. They're not going to be able to collect themselves into a fighting force because they're going to fight each other. They're already in a civil war between the Trump wing and the DeSantis wing. How we got lucky, but a lot of you, you did the work. You got the vote out. And you know, even if they do have one or two more votes in the house, it's nothing. How easy will it be to peel away a vote or two here or there on some piece of legislation that we want to get passed? What Biden can offer them in terms of helping their district to get them to vote? It's a lot different when we had to convince Manchin and cinema. There's only 100 senators. There's 435 members of the House of Representatives. We just need one or two to just realize, oh my God, I only I only won by 40 votes. I'm going to get thrown out in the next election. Maybe I should vote for the Violence Against Women Act. Maybe we should expand Medicare to help out our parents and grandparents. <laughs> Watch it watch what happens here. Oh, and watch the one or two Republicans who decide that in the district they're in because of the, it's changed really from red to blue, they've got to change parties and they will, there will be one or two Republicans in the next couple of years that will change parties just so they can get reelected. Any of this stuff can happen. And let me tell you something. Also the pundits never talk about when they talk about, well, you know, You probably can say they control the House now by these three votes. Well, you probably don't realize this, but in this 117th Congress, which is only two years, they got elected in 2020 and they're up, they're done now. In just these two years, nine Republicans and seven Democrats never even made it to the end of this term. They didn't even last. They got elected in 2020. They're not around today. They're not in Congress. Some died. Some quit. Usually in in every term, every other term, one or two are indicted. They're gone. Some went out for a pack of smokes and never came back. And then special elections have to be held to fill their seats. Why do you think it is now that there's a Democrat representing Alaska? They only get one congressperson. Why do you think it's now a Democrat when it's been a Republican forever? That's because Congressman Don Young, the Republican representing Alaska, died. And they had to have a special election to replace him. And the Democrat, Mary Peltola, was elected. Beat Sarah Palin. And I'm going to tell you, at the first opportunity in this new session, when two Republicans quit, die, are indicted, disappear, when they're gone there's going to be a special election or two and we're going to fly into action. Aren't we? We're going to fly into action and we're going to clean up in one way or the other, my friends, even though it may not look this way, even though the numbers may be against us in the next few days, the house will be ours. How do I know that? Because we are the American majority. The Americans want us running the show. Not them. Spirits up, everyone. Come on. It's time to ride the wave. The real wave. The blue wave. The wave toward justice. The wave toward equality. The wave toward a planet that we need to save.
1: There's fascists in the White House. Call us by surprise. Every color working side by side in every town and city, breaking down the lies and smashing fashions You fascists, bound to stop us this one thing we know Ugliness, impunity and we have got to go to you're bound, to, to, go. To, you're bound to, to lose you fascist to bound to, to lose. lose we're fighting you at every step won't stop until we throw you in the place where you belong with your friends until you're bound to lose you fascist bound to lose all you fascist bound to lose all you
0: I'm so happy. I'm so high. Thank you, R.E.M., for your song that we began with and the great Woody Guthrie, our closing song here uh, today, uh, sung by the Missing Cousins. Thank you to all of you you made this happen. And thanks for listening to me and trying your best to believe that we had a chance. We had more than a chance. My grateful thanks to my producer and editor, Angela Vargos, who, through this entire election season here, helped me pull this together and put out the Substack column every day. If you don't subscribe to my Substack, please do that. You just go to michaelmoore.com. It's free. But thank you to Angela and to everybody else who helped me, especially my doctor (laughs) and nurse and the people who helped me when uh, things weren't looking so good with COVID, but all good now. we got a lot of work to do. I'm happy to do my part. Let's all join in. We're all in this together. Thanks, everybody. Be well.
1: All you fascists bound to lose.
0: All
1: you fascists bound to lose. All oh, you fascists found the loot. You found the You fascists found oh, All you fascists found the